If you felt frustrated as a leader in 2020, you are not alone. Today, we're going to talk about five ways to use last year's frustration as fuel for great leadership in 2021. Welcome to the Echo Leadership Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David Hibiski, and I'm here with Andy Wood. And Andy, this is our first release of a brand new year. Yeah, baby. Welcome to 2021. I think all of us could say we are glad that it is no longer 2020. Uh, yeah, because if you're a leader and you're joining with us, you know 2020 was a tough year and it was a frustrating year to be a leader. Yes, and I think for most of us, there were times last year, one, we wanted to throw in the towel. Yeah. The other thing I think a lot of us wanted to do is punch a wall or maybe even punch a window, maybe <laughs> or, not a human. Maybe, uh, hopefully you weren't wanting to punch somebody. Yes. I wanted to start the episode by saying, did you want to punch anybody in 2020? <laughs> if so, you are not alone. Yeah, but you were on Zoom, so you couldn't really reach them. You just would have broken your computer. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we're, we're looking today at this idea of how do you take frustration, which can be distracting and can be destructive. How do you take that and use it as fuel? You know, one of the things that struck me at the end of 2020 was this realization, if I could go back, if I could write a letter to myself at the top end mm. of COVID-19, what I would say to myself is don't get distracted with frustration. You're going to get a lot of frustration throughout the course of the year. There are going to be a lot of reasons to be frustrated, but if you can harness that frustration, you can go a lot further faster. Wow. Why do you think that for you, the dist- what, what was it about your frustration that got so distracting? Well, some of it is honestly personality. Um, and there are some personalities that have a harder time when they are not in control. Maybe that's actually a... a Maybe that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. podcast right it there. Perhaps actually is a, psych- a disorder as well, right? The OCD is probably connected to so, that. But there's probably a lot of leaders out here that part of their frustration was so much was happening outside their control. Yeah. They don't know what they can do. And so you just get frustrated and then you get distracted. And you want to you find whatever you can to be frustrated at. You know, you're, you're yeah. frustrated at the government, you're frustrated at your team, maybe frustrated at your spouse, frustrated at your kids. There's a whole lot of frustration. And I think we can also feel that frustration in the people that we lead. Mm. Like everybody at the end of 2020, especially was really elevated with the election, with all the things that are going on in society. And then in our area, you like you add insult to injury when we've gone through this whole process and then, there are more lockdowns at the end of 2020. Yeah. And we're I, actually starting 2021 in a lockdown. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, here we are. And uh, a lot of entrepreneurs I've talked to on the front end of COVID-19, when all the initial lockdowns came, everybody's like, okay, yeah, I'll lock down. You know, and most of us are thinking, oh, this is three weeks. <laughs> and, and then here you are, nine months later, a lot of people have already gone through that process of restarting their restaurant or restarting their gym mm-hmm. or coming back to physically, and then you're locked down again. And there's just so much frustration that we're dealing with as leaders. Yeah. Hey, and um, you may be jumping in and join us. So for context, we are in the Bay Area of California. So yes. around San Jose, Silicon Valley. So that's where we're at. So when we talk about our area, if you're jumping in from somewhere else, I know we got a couple people who hop in with us from the East Coast and we want to welcome you. But well, yeah, this they're is- a part of the Greater Echo Leadership Collective. Yeah. We, we actually, uh, last week started this, or last, last episode started this new collective of leaders. Uh, we have p- people all over the Bay Area. Who are some of the cool people? Cool yeah, leader, you know, when you were just mentioning this, I think like in our frustrations, um, some of our, our Echo Leadership Collective who are jumping and join us are the Sablon family, Eric and Lucille, and the Sierra, it's Matt and Lena, who are small 
business owners and restaurant owners here yeah. in the area, and they've been through it during COVID. Uh, we also have some church planners who are helping st- trying to start organizations right. here. Ray Hudson, who's up in uh, Berkeley yeah. and his team, they had to pivot and then make a decision to actually start their church entirely online. Absolutely. So, hey, wherever you're at in your leadership, whatever organization you lead, business you lead, ministry or nonprofit, we're glad you're here. And we, you're joining into a tribe of leaders who want to continue to get better no matter what's coming our way. So, Andy, let's get ready to jump into yes. how we can add fuel to the fire. And we got some notes that people can go get at echo.church slash leadership podcast. You can even sign up right there and we'll email you the notes with every release. Yeah, the other thing I lo- I'm, I'm excited about with our notes this month is that we're putting together some resources that you can journal through and kind of go through as a team. That's so fantastic. as you write down some answers to these questions, they'll be on that sh- those show notes. It'll help you have a conversation guide for those on your team that are listening with you. Uh, so, you, you know, part of the genesis of this conversation is both my own frustration but then we're in a season for the church where we're talking about dreaming again. So we're mm. doing a teaching series. We're coming back to this this idea of like most people in 2020 lost the ability to dream. Most of us, we're trying to survive. We're trying to get through. Now is a time to dream again. Uh, there are so many things still outside of our control. But the story that we've been looking at is a story from the Bible, Old Testament of the Bible, a guy by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was uh, a part of a group of people, the Israelites, who had been taken from Israel to Babylon when they got to Babylon, they were actually there for 70 years. And Nehemiah shows up on the scene as the cupbearer to the king in Babylon, away from Israel. And God gives him a vision to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But what's really interesting about this guy's story is that he gets word that the walls around Jerusalem have been torn down. He would have actually known that the walls were torn down and that Jerusalem was in ruins. But he got when he got word from two of his friends that actually had been to Jerusalem— the story says that he he wept for days. So he wow. he was so internally moved, and that that internal frustration. Uh, another phrase that we've used is holy discontent. That mm. holy discontent for him became the fuel to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. He did it in fifty two days. So something that had been lying in ruins for seventy years, vision moves forward, and just a, a few short weeks, just over seven weeks. That's the power of frustration harnessed for a vision. Yeah. So your frustration, like we said, yes. will either distract you or destroy something, or you're going to use it for fuel. Nehemiah just, he grabbed it and he said, no, man, we're going to do something about it. He harnessed it to move harnessed the vision it. forward. That's leadership, man. Yeah. So how can we, how can we start to harness our frustrations and rechannel them to focus? So we have, we have five ideas. The first one here is to stop waiting for the crisis to be over. I don't know about you, David, but um, I personally have looked at the news. I've searched vaccine news <laughs> uh, hundred, <laughs> hundreds of times, uh, looking forward to that day when uh, the vaccine will be in full effect. Now, we won't ask the question, will you take the vaccine? Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting, I think, when you, you're talking about like searching the news is everybody's searching it. And it's like when the vaccine first rolls out, everybody's expecting everything just to stop and go back to right. normal. And but uh, it's not unfortunately, like it's gonna, that's not the reality. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, it's probably not like the case, right? It's just going to stop all of a sudden in like March. Yeah, and we're going to be back to normal. It's going to be a process, and we don't really know because we're not futurists, but we probably can, with common sense, guess that uh, there, there's going to be a tiered process of getting back to a new mm. normal. 
Again, we don't know when that's going to be. And it's different in every part of the country. Like uh, I have had my moments of jealousy when I talk to my friends, especially pastors in Texas and Florida. And uh, shout out to Elon Musk. Heard he's been listening to the po- uh, to the podcast. So glad you're joining the Ecolution Collective. Uh, and he moved to Texas. Is that right? Yeah, he just he just announced he's moving to Texas yeah. back in December. Well, we'll miss you here in the Bay Area, but we're glad you're still connected with the community here. <laughs> So disclaimer. Yeah. So, but uh, I personally have experienced the measure of jealousy, like talking to my my friends who don't have the same challenges that we have here in the Bay Area. But I have found in my own thinking that that expectation, just waiting for the crisis to be over mm. is a self-limiting belief. And I, I wish coming back to that concept of giving myself a letter on the front end, I wish on the front end, I would have had the mindset like, you're going to be in this for a while. Mm. And if your whole mindset is the date when this is all over is when we'll get back to a new normal, you won't think creatively, you won't think innovatively, you won't embrace this season to come up with solutions that you could. So for me, I, I just have been like, man, I, I got to stop waiting for the virus to be gone. So do you feel like if you could go back and talk to yourself in that letter, would you talk more to yourself about how to think or more about like, man, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I would say probably more in this, the sense of the, the thinking process, the frame Mm. that everything sets in. And, uh, at now at this point, part of what I'm wrestling through is what if COVID went two years and that, that just has helped me. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit discouraging if you really think about it from a standpoint of wanting to get back to a new normal. But if you have more of a long-term perspective, you think differently, you build differently, your your emotions are different. Hmm. You're you're not like pushing for two to three weeks getting back to a, a previous normal. Yeah. So if we come back and we start thinking, okay, I'm going to think longer term is what you're saying. Yeah. So if we're going to take our frustrations right now to turn to fuel, then we just have to channel it to say okay, don't be frustrated with what I see right now. Mm-hmm. Start to channel it into what's the future. Yes, yeah. Because uh, I think we were talking before this, it said like right now, so many of our leaders, our leadership, we're frustrated about trying to rebuild what was that we can't see what could be. Yep. So when you look at these next couple of years and you go, okay, stop acting like the crisis or stop waiting for it to be over. What are What's kind of a key question or how can leaders start to approach that? Yeah, one of the, the big questions is just, if we were in this for two years, how would I think and operate as a leader? So how would that change the way that I function? How would that change the way our organization approaches its mission? It's really good. And I would I would also say part of what you're doing, if you're thinking short term, is you're picking the wrong battles. I have wasted a lot of energy thinking my battle was the new regulation. My, you know, my battle was uh related to the vaccine not coming out fast enough and all of those things that I can't control when I'm giving my mental energy to them, frustration is distracting me mm-hmm. and it's destroying things. For example, a frustrated leader has frustrated conversations with people on their team. Sometimes we're bringing people into our frustration. Frustration finds friends. So we bring people into that frustration. Other times we're just taking out our frustration on other people. And no matter which way you slice it, it's all a part of that short-term thinking. So we're expanding our thinking to think more long-term. So maybe exercise then is for leaders, sit down, 
one-on-one, take a half day, take a couple hours, just write down, what do I see over the next couple of years? Where do I want to be? Who do yes. I want to be? And maybe as a team having that dialogue as well. It's really good, man. All right. That's great. So stop waiting for the crisis to be over. Yeah. Second one is to get back to your why. What seasons like this do is they really shake the how. Hmm. And then sometimes the how and the why get confused. And most of us got into leadership because we wanted to help people, whatever industry that is, whether it's a restaurant or tech or, you know, gyms or churches, Mm -hmm. we started because we wanted to help people. I find that the closer my heart and mind is to the why, the easier it is for me to stay focused on what can I do next. Mm. So if I'm all over the place, my how has been destroyed, the way we used to do this, I can't do it anymore. I'm just, there's so much sideways energy. So I want to take the time, and I've been taking the time, you know, for us, we, we, we have a mission that says we exist to urgently lead people to say yes to Jesus and passionately follow him. Why is that important? Because when a person follows Jesus, they find joy, they find peace, they find hope, they find strength, and their relationships get better. Their, their purpose in life is, is it, they have a higher purpose in life. When I'm, when I'm connected to that, mm-hmm. I'm a lot less frustrated, and those things that draw me those battles that draw me in that are small like low level frustrations things that don't deserve my time and energy they don't pull me in when my when I'm on a higher why mm. when I'm I'm looking at perspective that is a bigger vision for for the reason we got into this would you encourage i mean i think about uh you know we have like you just mentioned as a church where we where we currently lead we have a mission statement. We have some language around that. Would you encourage even like a restaurant owner, mm-hmm. a small business owner, tech worker to almost kind of like try to create language around their area with mm-hmm. this? Yeah. And maybe some, some helpful questions would be like, who are we serving? Hmm. And, and what is our value proposition? Like what value are we adding to their lives? Hmm. So what's missing when we, like we talked about in the last episode, what's missing when we don't show up? So if, for example, you're Eric and Lucille Sablon, or you're Matt and Alina Seert, and you're doing this great business that they have here locally called Lean Feast. You're helping people stay healthy yeah. in a crisis. So the food that you're providing, you're providing fast meals for people to stay healthy in a crisis. Well, when they're healthy, their marriage is better, their relationships with their kids are better, they're more productive, they're, they contribute to society. So your contribution matters. I think connecting the dots on the who that we're serving so what is the value that we add really brings clarity to allow us in changing times to keep our feet grounded on what's most important. It's really good. So maybe if you are leading a team, this is a great opportunity to sit down. Again, there's a lot, I think, on this to like go back and process how you're thinking because it's your frustration. It's your team's frustration. Right. So we already said, look at the next couple of years, stop waiting for it to be over. And now it's kind of like, why in the heck am I doing this anyways? Mm-hmm. Because that'll keep you pushing through these next couple of years. It's yep. good. So any any like things that have really helped you in that process? I just I think writing it down helps. What the, would you write down? Like what did you, did you have you? Why why things? am I doing this? Wrestle through that question. Why am I doing this? You know, just say five good reasons why I'm doing this. Who am I serving? Um, why does it matter? And take some time. Something about pen to paper for me personally mm-hmm. really crystallizes and clarifies in my mind. And it just imprints in my soul and brings me back to what's most important. Awesome. 
That's great. What's number three? Number three is to embrace your limitations. And this is, David, the hardest one on this list for me. Because we just talked earlier about part of your frustration is when you don't have control. Yes. So when somebody wants to limit you as a leader, it's frustrating. This is is where Stacey, my wife, is such a blessing in so many different (laughs) ways to me. She gives me a lot of pep talks. But one of the things she said to me recently is, Andy, you are not embracing reality. Hmm. (laughs) And you're trying, you are trying so hard to change reality and you cannot change reality. And she's right. Once again, she's right. So I have, as a leader, have had to come back to, there are just some things I can't change. Some of them are related to our season of life. Some of them are related to the situation we find ourselves in organizationally in our world with the virus and how it's impacted our culture in particular here in the Bay Area. There are mindsets that people carry with them that I can over time change, but I can't walk into a room and start shouting at people and say, you've got too much fear, get out of your fear. That, that doesn't, you can't scream at people into peace, you know? So they're, they're just, there's so much of this to the process of recognizing our bodies and we as humans are finite beings. And that for somebody who wants to keep growing their capacity and getting better mm-hmm. as a leader is a hard reality. But once you embrace that reality, there's so much innovation and creativity and working with other people who have different gifts and even leveraging what's unique to that season that I find doesn't happen until I mentally embrace the limitation. Hmm. Do you feel like uh, when you sit down and like, has there been any limitations you sat down, looked at, and you felt like it gave you new insight, a new opportunity to pursue or something like this? Like you've been able to turn that limitation into Yeah, on a practical level, one of the things I've done several times during uh, the last season of, of leadership is I have written down two columns, I can, I can't. So on the left is these are the things. Oh, you just take a journal and just write down in yeah, the middle and I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't. And actually, I find it more helpful to start with, I can't. I said it backwards, but <laughs> if I can't, there are just things I can't do. Yeah. I can't, as much as I would love to have a one-hour leadership conversation with our governor and talk through how I think he should handle the, this reality, I can't do that. Yeah. Now, maybe sometime in the future, Gavin Newsom, the governor of the great state of California will listen to the Echo Leadership podcast and become a part of the Echo Leadership Collective. That would be awesome. Yeah. And we could get them into the tribe. But that's just not likely to happen. So I have to embrace he he's making decisions that I can't change. Mm-hmm. Now, what I can do is I can decide what I do in terms of those rules. And there are – I know a lot of entrepreneurs are saying, okay, I'm I'm making the decision to – violate a rule knowing that I could get a fine like you violate when you the traffic law that says only go 65 and you go 75 you you there's a risk factor to that Mm -hmm. so I have to just put myself in that place now I want to be submissive to the government as as long as it doesn't conflict with what I believe the bible teaches for followers of Jesus but there there's a side of that that I have to embrace other parts of it are related to what I can't do right now. I can't go and sit in a restaurant with my wife, even now here 
locally. They've they've locked restaurants down, so I can't. Mm-hmm. Go, I, you know, just so many things like that. It's helpful for me to know, like, stop wasting your energy on the things that you can't do when there are things in the season that you can do. It's really good. I think that's where the that's where a lot of the fuel in your frustration comes when you pivot it from what I can't to what I can. Right. Because even if we can channel right as a leader, if we if if we as leaders can sit down even with our team and say, you know what, y'all, there's a whole whiteboard of things we can't do. What can we do? Mm-hmm. And how do we get in, in in behind that? Yeah. I think that really starts to add some fuel. And that's all building in this thinking. Because what I can do is going back to my why. Right. Right. And I can come back to that because the next couple of years, this crisis is going to be here. Yeah, and I, I, I do think that that plays into this next one, which is to 10x your thinking. One of my favorite entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial coaches is a guy by the name of Dan Sullivan. I actually mm-hmm. think I've re- referred to him because he's just his stuff is so helpful. But he, he has a statement. He says that great entrepreneurs live with the assumption that their future is both bigger and better than their present reality. And when you have that core conviction deep in your soul, it changes the way that you lead. Genuinely, do you as a leader believe that your future is both bigger and better than what Mm. you're dealing with today? That stretches you. You know, I think what you're saying there is like, do, do, do I believe it's bigger and better? And that's really hard to do in the midst of crisis. It is. Yeah. It's very hard to do. Uh, so when you say, I, I, right now I'm thinking about in our Echo Leadership Collective, I'm thinking about like we're in this tribe. There are some leaders in small businesses who just started right before and cash flow is bleeding. Right. They're not taking paychecks. Staff isn't there. It's really hard to keep a 10X dream alive. It is. Uh, there's some church planners, all this stuff. I mean, they're... They're struggling. They're having that hard time. So how is it that like you, like what have you found in the midst of crisis for you mm-hmm. that helps you go, okay, I know that and I got to I gotta come back to that. Like how do you keep coming back? Yeah, I, I love the way you parse that out, David, because I think one sided side of it is stabilizing the organization. Mm-hmm. And back to last episode, we talked about this idea of landing the plane in a crisis and it is hard to think entrepreneurially, innovatively, futuristically when it feels like you haven't landed the plane. Yeah. I would actually tactically get clear on what it means to land the plane. So if you feel like you're still in a storm and what you're leading is topsy-turvy, you're up and down, your cash flows off, I would just clarify with your team, what does it mean to land this plane? Mm-hmm. And the more you know that in your mind, it's a lot easier than, okay, I, I know these are the things that I need to focus on for the next 30 days. These are the things I need to give my energy to until uh, the, the whole stay at home order is lifted, you know, which maybe when you're listening to this, there is no stay at home order, but you, you get the, it's land the plane. And then I would just try my best in my mind, even to parse out here's 30 minutes or an hour that I'm going to carve out just to think. Hmm. I'm not going to put myself in that pressure position that I got to implement or execute everything I come up with, but I want to expand what I'm thinking about right now so that I'm leading from a higher reality mm-hmm. and I'm wrestling through questions that are outside the box a bit. So let me give you some examples of this. 
in our industry, it's been really hard for churches to move everything online. And what we've done is we kind of have tried to recreate what we do physically, digitally. Yeah, yeah. And our thinking in many ways is limited by that reality of the way we're looking. We're not 10xing our thinking when we say, oh, well, I'm moving everything physical, digital. We have come back to the conversation to say there are organizations, content organizations that have a 10x impact of what we have as an organization. Mm. And they're 10xing their impact in COVID. So how do we need to think in order to 10x our impact as an organization when they're they're thriving in the midst of this season? Another way, so you could take both angles, take your your industry or outside your industry, something that's kind of connected to your mm-hmm. industry. Go to your industry and say, okay, who in my industry has successfully embraced the limitations, but ten, but they've used that limitation for an innovation. They've come up with solutions. So that frustration then becomes fuel. And I find just carving out enough space to be able to think that way, whether it's with a team or even in a journal, it just allows things to start popping in your brain that you wouldn't see otherwise. There's opportunity that is right in front of us. And it's kind of, do you ever have this happen where you're like, you're sitting there on your phone and you're scrolling and you're like, what the heck did I just do with the last hour of my life? Like I, I, I sat here on Facebook, I sat here on Instagram, Twitter, whatever your, you know, crack, you know, uh, social media crack is, but you, you're there and you're not you, you, like, you're wasting so much energy. Hmm. I think that sometimes in leadership, I've done that where I'm like, what have I been doing for the last day or two or week or three or four, you know, it's like spin, it's like scroll, 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 more frustrated yeah. afterwards. I'm looking at everybody else's organization, how great they're doing. But if I, if I get above the fray, there, there is a, there's a narrative and there is a, a movement that is happening. There's a wave that is carrying things forward digitally that I can jump on that 10 X is what we do. Mm-hmm. I, Early on, again, this is back to the letter I wish I could give to myself on the front end of COVID. I was thinking of digital church as like an ark in the Old Testament of the Bible, like Noah's Ark, where we're going to, okay, we're going to get everybody two by two onto the ark. And for the next 40 days, we're on the ark together. This is how we're going to survive. Yeah. And then and then we're going to send out a dove and they're going to look for, you know, a church seat. <laughs> and then we'll send everybody back into the auditoriums at all of our locations and here we are, nine months later, we're still on the ark. I would have built the, I would have had a different perspective on how I built the ark if I knew that the ark was going to be a solution that would help us accomplish our mission for the next decade or two. My thinking would have been 10x. So now I've changed. Again, I am, you know, you know, physical, digital, every entrepreneur, every business leader is living in that physical, digital space right now. Mm-hmm. I I am a hundred percent confident that all of our physical locations will be filled up physically with people again. Just mm-hmm. have confidence. I don't know that date, and I also have belief that what we do from a digital expression is going to be in ten years from now a vital aspect of what we do to accomplish our mission. So I'm I'm trying to ten x build something that has ten x impact. Uh, examples of this would be Gary Vaynerchuk from Vaynerchuk Media, um, Michael Hyatt, who's another content person, um, and then 
Carrie Newhoff, who is a part of our Echo Leadership Collective family, <laughs> uh, and listen to uh, our our last episode. So we're we're uh, excited to have you a part of the tribe as well. But the 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 that thinking outside a new go to school on a new way of thinking to ten x how you see leadership in your organization. It's really good. So if I was going to take kind of everything we just talked about, like I was just thinking about this. I, I think what I heard you say is if you are a leader, a business owner, like you're the point person, especially, or you lead a team, you cannot neglect learning in this season right? and letting yourself have time to dream because everybody's taking their cue from you. So you have to be thinking about what's next and carving out that space. And there's a key thing I think a lot of leaders maybe don't actively think about that you said in that quote earlier and it's, and you came back and said a couple times and that's to believe, mm-hmm. to believe that there, we are going to come through it to believe that this is, we are going to be bigger. There is something better. Yeah. And I think there's a key part in that because even as we've said, negative people may be oftentimes more right. Yes. But positive people are oftentimes more successful. <laughs> and and they may true. not be right as much, but yeah. I, but there's a real power in that because I think if you, if you're coming back to that and you're learning and you're dreaming, that belief keeps you dreaming. Yeah. And that dream is what really is going to help you come out of this. It's really good. David. That's good, man. Turn that fuel into fr- or that frustration into fuel. So what's the last one we've got? Yeah, we got we got one last idea, and that's to design a new flywheel. And what what I mean by this is. There, there was a flywheel, hopefully most leaders, this is a Jim Collins concept, most leaders had some flywheel mm-hmm. that they had built over time that was their mechanism, how they identified new people, new users, new customers, new, you know, n- new people that would come to their church or organization, and then how they moved those people into engagement, into connection, into regular usage of their product, you know, however you define that in your, your domain. But that that flywheel for most of us is different now. And I just have been having a lot of conversations. We have just been having a lot of conversations that we need we need a new flywheel. Mm-hmm. And it took us, when we started the organization, it took us about two to three years to develop our flywheel and kind of mm-hmm. get it moving. The challenge that we face right now for our industry is there's nobody has built the flywheel yet. Yeah. So we can't go and say, oh, well, here's four or five examples of churches. We actually have to, we have to think from a design standpoint, how do we design a flywheel into the future in this new completely digital space, knowing that we still have this other flywheel that we're working, that mm-hmm. we're, you know, for us, we're, we're meeting physically, but it's about 15%, 20% of our overall reach. Previously, it was like 80%. 20, you know, 80 physical, 20 digital. So, so do you think when you talk about this designing the new flywheel, do you think, or if you were sitting down with a leader, would you caution them on just trying to rebuild and tell them that you have to think totally different yeah, in I, your design? I would, you know, our Echo Leadership Collective is primarily here in the Bay Area. So there, I do think that there are nuances to this conversation. If you're in Arizona, you're in Texas, you're in Florida, mm-hmm. you're having a different conversation than you are in Toronto or Boston or New York, New York or California. Seattle or you know, Portland or p- places outside, you know, that are more locked down yeah. still. That's a different conversation. If I were in a place where the majority of our constituents were ready to be back physically and 
the government locally, the restrictions were not what we're facing, I would probably be more apt to go that direction. On the rebuild route? On the rebuild route. But I also think that this season gives us a great opportunity to design something that over the next decade, as culture shifts and things are different, people are more open to an experience online or or they're consuming content constantly, that we have the privilege of building something that will supplement what we do physically, that will actually be this harmony in the long run. Mm -hmm. So in our instance, designing something is a much better way of thinking than building. So I'm trying to design something that will move forward into the future for years to come. That's really good. Hey, and just a thought, I was thinking for some of our listeners who you may be unfamiliar with the flywheel concept, that came out of the Good to Great book by mm-hmm. Jim Collins, which has been a great book for us, and I know many other leaders. Yeah, he also has a little mini flywheel book that just walks you through how to create a flywheel. That's like a 45 to 50 page little book that you can also... So uh, that may be a great resource to come out of this to add into your dreaming, your 10x thinking is how do we design that? Yeah, I would actually love to give 10 of those away. All right. Um, to, to 10 new subscribers who go to our site, subscribe, send us the email and tell us that they, their new subscribers will send 10 free copies of that book. That's awesome. Yeah, because we want to help you as a leader get better. Andy, this has been a great conversation, and we want to thank all of you for joining with us. Hey, we're going to be releasing some special bonus content coming up, and the way that you're going to know about it is if you subscribe on the platforms of your choice that you listen to, and also one of the best ways is by subscribing onto our email list to get notified in your inbox with notes and releases, and you can do that going to echo.church slash leadership podcast that's echo.church slash leadership podcast and as andy mentioned we're giving away 10 books to help you design a new flywheel in this season so thank you so much for joining us yeah dave before we finish up i want to give a shout out to several of our team members absolutely because every great dream has a great team teamwork makes a dream work yeah baby so we got will on the other side of the camera he's doing a great job helping us be in focus, editing, uh, slicing things up. And we got Sharon, also known as Sharon Gonzalez. And she's working all the... the Let's be digital. honest. If Sharon wasn't doing what she does, none of this none would None of happen. this would exist. And then we've got Tim Wong. We've got... Uh, who else and we got? Karen Gu is helping to keep the website updated. So many people who are jumping in. Brad Lominick right as our... Uh, our consultant slash uh, Yoda giving us wisdom and counsel. It's a great team. We also have Caleb uh, helping On out. Social media. It's, it's a great crew. Yeah, it's Caleb awesome. Gomez. So Thank you guys for, to our team, honestly. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. This would not exist without a team. Absolutely. And our team is here to support you. We want to help you in any ways we can. So listen, if you go to echo.church slash leadership podcast and you sign up there for the email, you can also drop us your questions, send us notes. We would love to be able to support you in your leadership journey. 